Hello, welcome to Live Smash with your host, Luther. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. I will begin immediately and give you my email if you'd like to correspond, questions, comments, uh, if you want us to come to your church and preach or teach a group or something, let us know. Um, we are in the Southwest Florida area, but we'll come and preach anywhere in the United States. Uh, my email is Volt Server Inc. That's Volt with a V, V as in Victor, Volt Server Inc. Inc. at gmail.com. That's Volt Server Inc. at gmail.com. Well, we do thank you for listening to a podcast. We pray it's uh, it's it's helpful. Um, we certainly ask you to pray for us. No one could be successful in the work of the Lord without people praying for them and holding them up to the Lord. So we ask you to do that uh, first and foremost. But we we've been talking about a biblical terminology of the last days. Not sign seekers, not times and seasons, and but the last days. That is a biblical description, last days. We want to continue uh, in that topic, and we want to go to Genesis chapter 6. We'd like to show you a few things today. Uh, Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to read uh, about eight verses here, and then we will point out maybe a text verse and springboard off of the text verse. Genesis chapter 6 verse 1. We're going to begin. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. And they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. Um, there were giants in the, in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which are of old, men of renown. And God saw the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and that every imagination of thoughts uh, of his heart was only evil continually. And he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and creeping things, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Verse 8 but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I want to call your attention mainly to verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Now, as we look at this verse, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Uh, some interpret this a few different ways with the word strife. Uh, some would say my spirit will not always dwell with man. Um, however you want to say it, it I, I see this as a warning 
that the Spirit of God will not always strive with man, for he is flesh. Now, if you're familiar with this chapter at all, um, some are already thinking, I know about um, the, uh, what's the word, it just escaped me, um, Nephilim. I couldn't think of the word Nephilim, I'm sorry. I don't view it that way, this chapter. I don't view it at all as um, where, where it says and that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. Then it says in verse 4, the sons of God came into the daughters of men. I don't see this as angels. Some say that, some hold the interpretation here, that angels mingled with humans. Um, I don't see that at all. Um, the Bible talks about um, two separate lines, I believe, the line of Seth and the line of Cain. And if we go back and we can we can see that the lineage of, of both, um, I believe in, let's see, in chapter four, let's look in about verse three, and we will try to explain some of chapter six. And in the process of time, it came to pass. Now that's simply saying at the end of the week on the Sabbath day in the process of time came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. So, so we're looking at a worship time here on the Sabbath day, the end of the week, they're going to worship the Lord. We're, they're bringing an offering to the Lord. And uh, Cain brought uh, uh, of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But Cain uh, and to his offering had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. Cain got mad. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt not shalt thou not be accepted and if thou doest not well sin lieth at the door and unto thee shall be his desire and thou shalt rule over him so verse 8 uh, and Cain talked with Abel his brother and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his against Abel his brother and slew him so just to go back and lay some groundwork for chapter six, we see Cain and Abel, born of Adam. So uh, as they bring their offering to the Lord on the Sabbath day, um, God accepted Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain's offering. A lot of people go, wow, that's just so unfair. Well, Abel, a uh, book of Hebrews says, by faith, Abel. So Abel came according to how God said to come to him. Cain came just the way he wanted to. He, he come and he thought, well, I'll just go to God any way I want to, in any condition I want to. And God rejected Cain. Well, apparently from, from Adam, it was passed down 
to both of his sons, how, how to worship God, how to come to God, how to come in God's presence. You got to come to God the way God says come. You don't come to God any way you want to. And, and of course, now we come to God through Jesus Christ. We come to God through him. I remember Oprah saying there's more than one way to get to God. I'm telling you, you see it right here, that Abel came to God the way God said come to him. He brought a sacrifice. He brought a blood sacrifice of the firstlings, the first fruit of the fat to God to offer to God on the Sabbath day. Not only do you come to God the way he says, you come to God where he says. You know, the Lord Jesus said, meet in together. Uh, Hebrews says, uh, forsake not to assemble thyself together in the manner as some is. Uh, Paul talked about upon the first day of the week, let each man lay in store. We now have the the first day of the week uh, when Jesus fulfilled uh, the law in himself. He put the law, uh, he fulfilled the law. He was, uh, he was uh, put under the wrath of God. The, the judgment of God was poured out on him for us under the law. He died under the law. Now he was buried, rose again. He arose on the first day of the week, the Lord's day. So every Sunday, that's the time for Christians to go to the place Jesus said and worship Jesus, worship God through Jesus Christ, the way he said, where he said. So we come through the Lord Jesus to God. Well, uh, Cain thought he could come any way he wanted to. I'm just going to bring some stuff, the work of my hands. You know, a lot of people think that their, their goodness they can just bring to God. Well, I don't do this and I don't do that. And I've been, I've fed the poor. I've fed, you know, I've done all these good things with my hands. So I'm going to offer that to God. No, it, it's good. I mean, it's, 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 it's noble, but you come to God the way God said, come and Abel by faith came to God and offered a sacrifice the way God said. So Cain was wroth. He was angry at God. So he took his anger out on the only one that he could, his brother. So we see the, uh, the sons of Adam, one killing the other, Cain. So Abel is dead. His blood crieth out from the ground when, when he says to God, God says, Where, you know, where's your brother? His blood crieth out from the field. And he's like, am I my brother's keeper? So he was just angry with God. Now look at what verse 16 says. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. First mistake, major mistake. So Cain went out. Well, the next verse says, And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived in the bear, uh, bear Enoch, and he builded a city. So he had a, uh, an offspring that were godless, atheist people. They hated God and Cain hated God because he withstood God and said, I am angry with you. So he went away from God and he started a whole generation of people who were angry with God. Well, we're looking in chapter six at those people. And I believe, um, well, let me put this point in and we'll move forward. Well, we're looking at not angelic beings, where it says the sons of God. I believe we're talking about the Seth line. Look in verse 25 of chapter 4. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. 
for God said she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel whom Cain slew. Now, now listen to verse 26. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Well, I believe that chapter 6 is a merging, immersion, merging, however you want to put it, of an atheist, godless, canatic, Cain, uh, civilization, race of people, merging with the Seth lineage of people, and the the sons of God, I believe, is referring to Seth's lineage of people. I believe that. Well, if it if it were, let's let's throw in here the sons of God. If it were angels, well, the sons of God in the Bible refers to good angels. So a good angel wouldn't do this. So, and then let's talk about the offspring, where it says, and some people get to this point. There were giants in the earth in those days. Well, I don't know why the Holy Spirit just threw in the, this phrase of there were giants in the lands in those days. And then it says, and also after that. So before and after. So, so there were giants before this happened. There were giants after this happened. So there's no real significance to, to this antediluvian period of time with these people where they had merged together. Some people say, well, they were monstrosities. The angels, you know, merged and mated with the daughters of men, and they produced these uh, these monstrosities. You know, well, I don't believe that uh, because the Bible says they were men. Whenever it says on down, it says they became mighty men, men of renown. And of course, the the renown is great sinners. They were getting worse and worse and worse. They were great sinners, is how the Bible describes them. How do we know that? Well, if we look at this in the context of a fallen man, God says, my spirit will not always strive with man. Now, I won't develop what I'm fixed to inject, but from Adam to Abraham, there were about five mentions of the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. Here's one of those. This is the most significant, I believe, given the antediluvian period of time when God's fixing to judge the earth. He's going to flood the earth with water. And you read it later on, read, you know, what God says about building the ark and uh, flooding the earth, that all things with breath in its nostrils will be, will perish from the earth. But my spirit shall not always strive with man. This is a warning from God. Why? Because man is flesh. Well, let me read to you what Dr. Langley, uh, a, a commentator of many, many years ago, how he referred to this particular phrase in the Bible. He is also flesh. This is a, this is a point to where these people had deteriorated, I believe, to a demonic possession. Not that the sons of God were angels and that he, they uh, had children with the daughters of men. I believe, let me make that clear, 
that the, the line of Cain and the line of Seth begin to merge. You had the godly line and the, the um, atheistic line, godless people, because Cain was so wroth and hates, he hates God. Now we see that men began to call upon the name of the Lord. So <clears throat> the sons of God saw the daughters of men. Well, you, you know what happens when, when, when this takes place. So the godly line began to break down. So now let me, let me inject this before I move further. Dr. Langley, a great commentator from many, many years ago, here's what he wrote about this period of time. He says, man, he is becoming flesh. Now that's what God said. He is also flesh, wholly carnal or animalistic. If allowed to continue, he will become utterly dehumanized or at worst of all creatures and animal with a reason, but wholly fleshly in its end and exercises or um, or with reason as a servant of the flesh, making him worse than the most ferocious wild beast, a very demon of a brutal nature with a, uh, with a fiend subtle, uh, subtlety only employed to gratify such brutality. Man has become more dangerous than an animal. You know, I don't believe in evolution, but the Bible right here teaches reverse evolution. Man was created by God. In fact, if you flip back over to where I was just reading, it says that God created Adam in the day that God created man. God created man a spiritual being. He created man to communicate with him, have fellowship with him. And now we see the deterioration of man because of his flesh. He has become lower than a dog. He's become animalistic. And God could not allow this to continue. Had God allowed this to continue, now mind you, only eight people got onto the ark. It was only Noah and his family that got onto the ark. So God is setting a time frame. I'm going to give you 120 years. Now before you say, well, that's just not fair. Well, how much time is enough time? 120 years? And let's go back and let's look at Methuselah. Uh, Methuselah's name uh, means uh, until he dies or ascending forth. So God put Methuselah on the earth as, as like a, a time clock to warn these people. A time clock. And everybody knew what Methuselah's name meant ascending forth or until he dies so methuselah was here on the earth he was almost a thousand years old whenever he died 969 but god's saying and i think towards the last 120 years of methuselah's life so a thousand years god gave as a flashing sign well the bible also talks about enoch enoch walked with god and was not for god took him um, in the New Testament, it says that 
Enoch preached. What did Enoch preach? Well, he walked with God. He was not. Enoch preached a message to us today for sure. But it says Enoch preached. Enoch was a preacher. Noah was a preacher. The flesh of man had deteriorated. God gave him 120 years. How much, how much is enough time? A millennium, maybe plus 120 years. God gave them a set amount of time. God had on his calendar a certain time. But here's the interesting thing. It, this is so amazing. The Spirit of God was on the earth striving with men then. God didn't leave them alone. Enoch preached. Methuselah preached. Noah preached. Did you know how many converts Noah had for 120 years? Zero. Not one person believed. I think Enoch's message that he's preaching to us today is just be faithful to God. Don't look for, for numbers that we can put on a board. Just serve God and be faithful to God because Enoch, the Bible says, walked with God and was not. Now, by the way, Enoch in typology in the Old Testament, Enoch is a type of the church who walks with God and the rapture takes place. They were not for God took them. Enoch is a type of the rapture in the Old Testament. Noah is a type of Christ. We see that man has become brutal. Man created an image of God has so deteriorated. Evolution says man is, and, and in fact, um, if, you, if you think about the, the gall of man to uh, walk the earth today and declare he descended from an animal, well, he didn't descend from an animal, but he's sure living like one today, and they lived like one then. But evolution says man is getting better and better and better. Well, God said, I'm going to number your days because you're just flesh. You become wholly carnal, animalistic. There was some mean and wicked, evil people in this day. And God says, I'm going to have to judge you because if I don't judge you, there'll be no humanity left. No one to seek God. No one to... Uh, to, to call upon the Lord as, as the lineage of Seth did. So we see the fall of man. But the Holy Spirit was here dealing with man. Look in verse 8. It says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Spirit of God was dealing with man. The favor of God. God would have had... Uh, his favor on anyone who believed. Noah believed, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God showed his favor to Noah. Just, just anyone who believed. The same as today, the, the period of time that we live in. You know, just believe. God's grace is there. For the grace of God hath appeared to all men, teaching them to deny ungodliness, filthy lust. The grace of God appeared to all. God's grace, even in this antediluvian society, a time before the flood, God's judgment is fixing to be poured out on this earth and everything. But God still, his spirit is still striving with man. 
But man is so wicked, man is so evil, that God has to take man off of this earth and everything that hath breath in its nostrils. So we see the fall of man. We see the favor of God. We see the faith of Noah. Verse 22. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded, so he did. The faith of Noah. Noah received God's favor. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God told him to build an ark, give him specific dimensions, specific material. Um, this ark is a type of Christ. As Noah's building this ark, I can see him, I can see him preaching. Well, as as he's preaching, let's let's look at what he was preaching. Let's look over in Peter. Peter, First Peter three. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, Eight souls were saved by water. Now, when when did Jesus go and preach? I believe as Noah was building this ark, and the ark is a type of Christ, people would come by and say, what are you doing? It's never rained. What is rain? We don't even know what rain is. And he said, well, let me tell you, this ark is an ark of safety. There's one that's coming in the future, and this ark reflects him. This is, a, this is a picture of him. If you're in this ark, you're safe. You're safe from the judgment that is coming, the waters that are going to be put upon this earth. This is a picture of him to come. <clears throat> this ark is a type of Christ. So even then, the Spirit of Christ preached to those in that day through Noah. I believe Noah knew a little bit about what was going on with the with 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 him that is to come even job said i know my redeemer liveth and i will stand in my flesh one day and see him face to face tell me noah wasn't aware of of the 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 prophetic prophecy of messiah i believe he was but he preached in his building he preached in his work and i believe his people said something to him as they had the grand tours come by and say, hey, look at this crazy man over here building. Let me tell you about why I'm building this. Nobody believed him. Nobody. There was zero converts. But Jesus preached back then. The Spirit of Christ preached in those days. Now, I know what some people say about that verse. I don't take it that way. But that ark is a type of Christ. Let me tell you, a little bit about the typology as God is telling Noah the materials to build that ark out of the dimensions the design everything about that ark represents Jesus Christ he said pitch it within and without with pitch so the ark was judgment proof from the outside and the one inside was sealed in that pitch is a type of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit when you're in Christ makes you judgment proof. 
He, he seals you, seals you from the inside and the outside. The Holy Spirit who dwells in you is sealed in you. The Bible says in Ephesians, you're sealed to the day of redemption. So that ark is a type of Christ. When, when Noah went into that ark, God said, come into the ark. God was, was gentle in his invitation. Jesus is gentle in his invitation today. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. We're safe in the ark of Christ. I believe that Noah preached that this ark is a picture of him to come. Get in him. Be safe. Don't you know when the waters began to fall from heaven and the great fountains of the deep burst open and the, the floods began to come, people banged on that door. Let us in. Let us in. But you see, God shut the door. Noah had nothing to do with that door. In fact, when Noah finished building the ark, God left that door open seven more days. No takers. No takers. Here's this crazy man who built a boat in the desert. And then all of a sudden, the, the judgment waters fell. They bang on the door. Let me in. Let me in. No. You see, that ark is a picture of Jesus Christ. It sounds crazy now that some man died on the cross and shed his blood. Oh, I don't need that. I don't believe that. But brother, when the judgment comes of God, when the rapture takes place or you leave from this earth, you better be in Jesus. I believe he preached of Christ to come. In fact, that's what Peter's talking about. So we see that the faith of Noah, Noah went to building. It never had rain before. Noah preached and built faithfully for 120 years. Peter said that the Spirit of Christ preached to them that were in prison. I believe the Spirit of Christ preached in those days through the Spirit of God because you got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a triune God. They're all one. So the Spirit of Christ preached in that day to the souls in prison. Get into the ark. Judgment's coming. So we see the, the fall of man, the favor of God, the faith of Noah. And I want you to see the family of Noah. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. So God says, Come on in. It's time to come in. Nobody believed. But brother, I tell you what, that family circle in heaven, all thy house. God said, bring your children in, bring your wife in, bring your son's wives. I want you all to come into the ark. He didn't have no converts. In fact, I think it was Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday's wife told Billy Graham in the early days of Billy Graham's ministry. She said, Billy, and I think they called her Ma Sunday. That was her name. She said, Billy, don't forget your family when you're out there preaching to others. She said, you know, my Billy lost his boys. Billy Sunday's children never did accept Christ. That's sad. That's sad. But you see, it's just a reverse. Noah didn't put numbers on a board. You, you know, I've pastored for many years, and, you know, you, you, want, you want number of converts on the board. But listen, God keeps score. But I'm going to tell you what, when I get to heaven... And I see my children and my wife. Well, I thank God that I 
I focused on them and I was faithful to them, faithful to God. You know, as in fact, let me let me let me drop back and say this. I read a thing in in preparation for this message about these two lines of people, the godless line and the god and the the well we'll call it atheistic and the godly line when they merge. You know, a lot of people today, the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You know, if you if you study this, it's an interesting thing that a lot of people, the most heinous criminals in prison, came out of a home where mama might have been saved and daddy was lost, but it was predominantly the mother. A lot of these families that don't have a father, you know, the most heinous criminals the most ungodly, I'm talking almost to the point of demonic possession, people come from a home, a, 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 a pretentious home, if you will, that God's mentioned, but they see no proof or no reality. They're the most worst offenders. They're the most worst criminals that there are. And you see, Noah didn't focus on those people out there he just was faithful to God. And being faithful to God, he won his family. They worked alongside him. And when it was time to get into the ark, God said, Noah, come on in and thy house, which is his whole family. So Noah had no converts. He had a lot of scoffers. He had a lot of mockers. I can see the people of that day, these mixed with the, with the wicked and the, godly and maybe mama believed and daddy didn't and here's Noah preaching like man I'm not getting in that ark I don't want to make fun of me so it's extremely important especially the fathers to lead your family the way God intended us to do look back to the worship time when Cain and Abel went to worship the Lord you got to you got to do it the way God says do it. You got to do it where says where God says do it, and according to His will, not ours. God's warning. God's warning. Is there a point in time in an individual's life where God says that I'll no longer deal with you? Well, I've been I've been a pastor a long time, and I can tell you that. I've watched people come and sit on a church pew for Sunday after Sunday, walk right back out, come as you are and leave as you were, never affected, never moved by the preaching, getting colder and colder, heart more callous. That's a dangerous, dangerous place to be in. I wonder if there's an individual. Well, I heard a story about a preacher who, preached at one particular church, went there when he was young, preached there for about 50 years. At the same time, there was a young lawyer about the same age as this preacher was. Well, this particular preacher, they had a 50-year uh, celebration, his 50th year at the church, and this lawyer who had come to the town about the same age as him, uh, come to the to the uh, celebration and he says come up to the old preacher and he says you know 
I remember when you came here, we came about the same time. And he said, I used to come listen to you some at nights. He says, man, you used to bother me. I'd go home and really think about what you said. He said, now you're a much, much better preacher, probably the best preacher in the world, I reckon. He said, you know, you don't bother me no more. You know what you say? Just don't bother me. Well, I think that's where a lot of us are. A lot of us are. Does the Spirit of God have a time frame where he just quits dealing with individuals? Well, I'm not going to say that emphatically, but I've seen a lot of people come into a church house. I know their condition. They know their condition. You hear the preaching and you never move by it. Well, there's a warning. It's God's warning. My spirit will not always strife with man. Well, thank you for listening. Have a good day.